Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Show is also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website <clears throat> is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guests Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon, the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute, will be joining us. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be with us as well. It is September the 8th, and on this day in 1935, Senator Huey Long was shot in the Louisiana State Capitol building. He died about 30 hours later, called a demagogue by critics. The populist leader was a larger-than-life figure who boasted that he bought legislators like sacks of potatoes, shuffled them like decks of cards. He gave himself the nickname Kingfish, saying I'm a small fish here in Washington, but I'm the Kingfish to the folks down in Louisiana. In 1928, Long became the youngest governor of Louisiana at age 34. His brash style alienated many people, including the heads of biggest corporations in the state, Standard Oil. Long preached the redistribution of wealth, which he believed could be done by heavily taxing the rich. One of his early propositions, which met with much opposition, was an occupational tax on oil refineries. Later, Long would develop these theories into a Share Our Wealth Society, which promised $2,500 minimum income per family. Long also abolished the state's poll tax on voting and gained free textbooks for every student. His motto was, every man a king. His populism led to an impeachment attempt, but he successfully foiled the charges. In 1930, he won the election for Louisiana senator, but declined to serve until his hand-picked successor was able to win the governor's seat in 1932. Soon after vigorously campaigning for Franklin Roosevelt in 1932, Long was Uh, with his own designs on the office, began loudly denouncing the new president. In response, many of his allies in the Louisiana legislature turned against him and would no longer vote for his candidates. In an effort to regain power in the state, Long managed to pass a series of laws giving him control over the appointment of every public position in the state, including every policeman and schoolteacher. Long, who was uh, planning to take on Franklin Roosevelt in the next election, was shot by Dr. Carl Weiss, a point-blank range outside the main hall of the Capitol building. Weiss' motives continued to be debated, but <clears throat> some believe he was angry about the rumors Long had spread about his doctor in, doctor's in-laws who had opposed Long politically. What a character. I think uh, Robert Penn Warren's uh, All the King's Men was written about Huey Long, in any event, a real political character with obvious uh, ideas about uh, socialism and buying votes. So we've seen a lot of this uh, t- in today's uh, politics. Well, the highly anticipated theatrical film My Son Hunter has opened to rave reviews and uh, leftist panic as the movie's trailers have created over 4.5 million cross-platform views and climbing. My Son Hunter, Breitbart's first foray into the film distribution, is now available to stream and download at My Son Hunter. MySonHunter.com. MySonHunter.com. You should check it out. This is the bomb store. 
uh, bombshell story about Hunter Biden's laptop from hell that establishment media and its big tech census did not want the American public to see during the 2020 election. And the left's reception to uh, My Son Hunter shows that they still don't want the story seen. It's not hard to see why. My Son Hunter puts the lens squarely on Hunter Biden, his corrupt business dealings, his relationship with his father, and a lifestyle that would make rock stars jealous. But though the haze of crack pipe and... Uh, Above the din of the parties in the outburst somewhere lies the truth. A poll conducted after the election found that 17% of Biden voters would not have voted for him if they had known about the laptop from hell. Even now, two years later, 63% of likely voters still believe the laptop story is important, according to a recent poll. Now everyone can see the story they didn't want you to see. Stream or download again, my son Hunter dot com is the website i haven't seen it yet i look forward to it, it just was released yesterday and i'll be watching it uh, before the end of the weekend i <clears throat> uh, understand it's extremely well done by the way it is the eighth and this is the first uh, day of sizzle dining uh, you can go to sizzledining.com and see the restaurants that are participating, but they're offering fixed-price meals for lunch and dinner. They're great, uh, great deals. Gives you an opportunity to expand your horizons a little bit and check out some of the restaurants you haven't been frequenting here in the Naples area. Uh, it's also at Lee County, Lee and Collier Counties. Sizzledining.com is the website. You not only can see the restaurants that are participating, you can also see... <clears throat> The menus uh, and what they're offering, sizzledining.com. Well, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis proposed a, a plan that would give frequent toll drivers a 50% discount on all Florida toll roads. The governor said part of the Florida's budget surplus would be used for the discount, which the governor said would save the average commuter $550 in a year. He expects 750,000 people would benefit from the proposal. We've been good stewards with the economy and the taxpayers' dollars, you know, so we've been blessed to have a lot of people invest in Florida, DeSantis explained. People have wanted to move here. Our revenues are strong, and we'll need to return those revenues back to the taxpayers. The governor's plan outlines the Florida Floridians who will uh, use tra toll transponders like SunPass and ePass and have 40 or more transactions a month would receive a 50% credit on the monthly bill. However, state lawmakers would need to approve the plan and can make uh, changes, of course, on what he's proposing. If lawmakers approve the plan, it would uh, apply to toll roads across the state from July 1st, 2023 to June 30th, 2024. Sounds like a great deal for frequent commuters, especially with inflation and the cost of uh, petroleum going up. Well, a new study published on August the 31st has been uh, is being peer-reviewed in the journal Vaccine. That's the name of the journal Vaccine, known for publishing the highest quality vaccinology uh, research, contains inconvenient findings about the safety of mRNA vaccines. The stunning findings, uh, stunning finding wolf was as follows: the risk of serious adverse events from Moderna and Pfizer vaccine exceeds the benefit reduction of COVID-19 hospitalization. In the analysis, Moderna caused higher adverse events than Pfizer, but both were elevated compared to the placebo arm. That's so interesting. So that's just, I pulled some, together some other interesting information as well about uh, what's going on with COVID, just to keep you up to date. Clark Yarborough, a 21-year-old defensive lineman at the Baptist Arkansas, died on uh, Sunday after collapsing suddenly, the school said. No cause of death was reported. 
He played Thursday in his team's opening uh, season opening win over Oklahoma Baptist. Uh, the senior uh, sports management senior was an all-great American Conference honorable mention last season after totaling 27 uh, t- tackles. He was uh, from Rolette, Texas, and played for uh, uh, Sachi's High School. So it's a, quite a loss, uh, so sad. Good Sciencing, which has been tracking the deaths and major medical issues of most young athletes in 21-22, report that as early as August, they've had 847 deaths, 1,249 cardiac arrests or serious injuries. They start happening and ramping up after the first COVID vaccination. The mainstream media still is not reporting most, but sports news cannot ignore the fact that soccer players and other stars collapse in the middle of a game due to sudden cardiac arrest. Many of those die, more than 50% good sciencing noted. We've also noted that many posts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, forums, and news stories have been removed. So now we're receiving some of the messages saying there is no proof of the event of the vaccination status. That's partly because the information is being hidden. More people are writing to tell us that, that in many cases we didn't mention a person's vaccination status. There's a good reason for that. None of the clubs will reveal that information. None of the sponsors want to reveal it. The players have been told not to reveal it. Most of their relatives will not mention it. None of the media are asking the question, so what should we do now? Well, no one is, will collect as much information as we can, they say, so while it's still available, because eventually more information will come out about this and uh, be put together for, uh, for public consumption. Well, there's more. More than 8,800 Americans have already petitioned the United States government asking for compensation for injuries that attribute to COVID vaccines. Uh, it's not going to come out so well, probably. Good luck with that. But thus far, nothing has been paid out. Our government is in the business of protecting the nation's vaccination and countermeasures program, not the injured, noted the author of the book on U.S. government vaccine injury. For fiscal year uh, ending 2022, which ends September the 30th, Team Biden budgeted $931,000 for the compensation. So, uh, as you can see, this is another issue that's brewing right now. And, of course, we're in an emergency uh, uh, situation, uh, declared emergency about vaccines. There, there is no compensation due, uh, although uh, Great Britain is already offering 140000 for uh, vaccine injuries. So, uh, we go on. It, the several embalmers across the United States have observing many large and sometimes very long fibrous and rubbery clots inside the corpse, uh, corpse they treat and are speaking out about their findings. Numerous embalmers from different states confirmed to the Epic Times that they've been seeing these strange clots starting either in 20 or 21, uh, 2021. It's not yet known if the cause of the new clot phenomenon is COVID-19 vaccines, both or something different. The Epic Times received videos and photos of the anomalous clots, but could not upload them because of the level of gore. Mike Adams, who runs the ISO uh, 17025 credited lab in Texas, analyzed the clots in August and found them to be lacking iron, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. He found the clots are lacking key elements present in healthy human blood, such as iron, potassium, and magnesium, suggesting they are formed from something other than blood. Uh, Adams is joining analytic forces with more doctors and plans to invest, uh, invest out of pocket to equip uh, this study. 
The string-like structure is different in size, but the longest can be as long as a human leg and as thick as a, a pinky finger. Amazing. Uh, my bet is it's related to the vaccine. So in addition to that, if a relative of yours died from COVID-19, you may be able to be reimbursed up to $9,000 for funeral expenses. That's $2,000 more than the per person than the $7,000 upper limit in February. Starting this week, the F uh, Federal Emergency Management Administration began accepting uh, applications for eligible families. The FEMA measure was part of a December COVID-19 relief law, uh, which also included a, a second stimulus check for up to $600. The law includes $2 billion for people who have been harmed by a pandemic and may have gone into debt to pay for funeral and burial expenses of a loved one. So uh, there you go. Um, now, of course, the death certificate has to say COVID-19. Just, of course, my suspicious nature, I suspect this... this uh, uh, compensation will have a lot of people changing the cause of death to COVID-19 in order to qualify for $9,000. That kind of covers up the evidence, doesn't it, of perhaps vaccine injuries? I think so. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon, the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of a terrific organization. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a uh, coalition of now almost 200,000 people here in Florida, uh, actively involved in trying to and improve the K through 12 education for our kids here in Florida. We fight the indoctrination, uh, the pornography, the LGBTQ content, uh, the undermining of our constitutional values, uh, and we're big supporters of uh, school choice. So uh, those are some of the areas we work in, and we work pretty hard at it. You certainly do, and uh, uh, a tip of the hat to you and Pastor Rick for the great organization. In 10 years, tremendous traction in uh, legislative affairs in Tallahassee and with the governor, uh, just for making a big, big difference. And I wish our listeners could understand the big impact that you've had in just a 10-year period. So uh, the website is goflca.com, goflca.com. Well, you must be preparing right now for your legislative agenda for uh, the next legislative session coming up in January. Uh, actually, we've been working on that for a couple of months. Uh, we had a meeting with the new commissioner, Diaz, uh, to discuss that. Uh, very good meeting. Uh, last week, uh, several of us went to Tallahassee, uh, had a meeting with uh, Alex Kelly, who's the deputy chief of staff for the governor. Uh, he's very involved in education and what's going on. Uh, when you look at our legislative agenda, uh, right now we have nine items on it, but and we don't have time to go through all of those. But uh, the number one and the most important one is uh, an education savings account, where the you know the money, if we can get that approved on a broad basis, the money will follow the child. Great. And uh, uh, you know the it's it's uh, our our whole reason for going up was to have a discussion about uh, some of the better ways to do that. Um, as you may or may not know, your listeners may not know, uh, Arizona just passed a um, on the ESA. Um, the issue that uh, I think we have to deal with uh, is uh, how do we make that education savings account available to every child in Florida? And that includes parents who want to homeschool their kids. Yeah. And uh, right now, the homeschool community is just, and with some justification, deathly afraid of taking uh, public money, government money, uh, because with government strings. So uh, we're uh, propo- proposing on the education savings account side that that the uh, state I- enable charities. You know, if you want to start a charity tomorrow to focus on providing vouchers to, say, low income or students or whatever, uh, we would like to see the state foster a, uh, an environment where you know, there are 15 or 20 charities out there mm-hmm. uh, that do, uh, but give you as an individual the right uh, to designate uh, dollar for dollar your property tax to a charity of your choice who then turns around and provides those to, to, um, uh, 
those vouchers to kids. Uh, so it doesn't touch the government. I mean, the government would have oversight in terms of the charity performing, you know, the, the mission of distributing the money they get. But it would not be government money per se, and it would be really be money from folks like you and me mm-hmm. who would be able to use our property tax, uh, which right now 49% of Collier County goes to a failing school system, right? So if I understand correctly, this the uh, this uh, uh, program that you're actually direct the taxes you've already paid to the savings account rather than you're coming up with extra dollars for the savings account. Uh, that's uh, and I'm going to kibitz a little or correct your wording a little bit. Uh-huh. If you designate money uh, that that uh, property tax money before you give it to the tax collector, then you're designating your dollars to those charities. Uh, once you actually pay that tax bill, it belongs to the state and and by law the the the, the school districts get forty nine. You know our school district gets forty nine percent of it. So what we're really trying to do is provide a way that uh, we can accommodate every student in Florida with with vouchers, but not have it come directly from the government. Uh, you know, the, 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 the big concern there is anytime the government gives you money, it comes with strings. Of course. Well, the, the other side to this is uh, some people just can't afford to come up with extra money. But the, the major point that I'm trying to underscore is that this actually uses what is equivalent to your tax dollars for the voucher right. itself. Uh, and, and we have a tax credit scholarship today, but it really is only there. Uh, it has, uh, you know, we only have one provide uh, one provider basically, and that's step up for students. And uh, and the tax dollars, tax credit money that goes to them comes from large corporations. Mm-hmm. And of course, so many of our corporations today have become woke, uh, and so that's not a good thing. No, it's but not. By letting, but by letting every property owner. Uh, designate if they choose to some of their um, the tax burden uh, to a, a charity of their choice to provide vouchers to kids uh, is a way. And, and again, uh, we're, we're trying to make this uh, uh, the education savings account available to every student in Florida, not just um, you know the, the existing student. Uh, now, just just a guess. Yeah, just a guess, Keith. I, I would imagine the uh, unions, the teachers' unions, are fighting this like crazy. They will. There's no question about that. Um, the superintendents' association will fight it like crazy. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I think we have a governor that's. I'm hoping uh, that uh, that the governor recognizes the value of trying to come up with this approach that includes every student. There's no question that we're going to get an ESA. Uh, I mean, in, in the meetings we've had with leadership, uh, both with uh, uh, Commissioner Diaz and subs in the in the House, uh, there's no question in my mind that that, that that we will get an ESA in the next legislative cycle. The question that's, is, that's, Keith, I, I how, just. I just like them. Yeah, I just want to underscore how uh, this again shows the governor's putting uh, policy over politics. Uh, he's very courageous in that way, and uh, as a consequence, he's a very good governor. I mean, it's, he could easily cave and say, "Hey, I need the support of those teachers' unions," but uh, I don't think he's going to do that. So this is this is just great news. And you've got eight other th- topics. I wish we had time to talk about them, but uh, uh, well, well, we still got a time. You know, the legislative cycle doesn't start till next month. We'll have time to cover some of those others. Um, but um, I think the education savings account with, you know, here in Collier, with 40% of our kids not able to read and do math at grade level, uh, 75% of our 
third graders can't read. Yeah. I mean, it's it's time to give parents a choice. And uh, and, and that's every parent in our view, not just uh, uh, a subset. So that's well what done. we're trying to do. Before I let you go, I know you've got an event coming up in October. Yeah. Uh, yes, we do. So thanks for, for letting me promote that. Uh, on October 12th, uh, we're having General Flynn. Uh, at you can go to our website and, and uh, buy tickets. Uh, it will be held at the uh, upstairs of the Bonita Springs Mercedes dealer. Uh, it will be catering in um, uh, you know, heavy hors d'oeuvres and have an opportunity to, uh, to hear General Flynn's view of, of what's going on. He's big, uh, big supporter of what we're doing in education here. Yeah. So, well, and I'll say, yeah, I would say also uh, it's just uh, it's an opportunity to support your terrific organization because you really are making a difference. Refer our listeners to uh, find out more about the event. Uh, GoFLCA.com. GoFLCA.com. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, Michael Cannon. <clears throat> He's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratostel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Quinn, I'm doing a call. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He's director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. 
the Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. Libertarian being that we believe in the equal rights and equal dignity of all, all people and that you have the right to live your life however you want as long as you respect the equal rights of others. And as I say, that shouldn't be, and you wouldn't think it would be, a controversial proposition, but... In Washington, D.C., there are all sorts of people who want to uh, make your decisions for you. And, well, yeah. And, and, and I just, I just, you. So it's actually quite controversial. Exactly. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. But when you said that, it just brings to mind the president saying, we're losing our patience. Get the jab. <laughs> so, uh, Meaning, uh, you know, he wants to make the decisions for us. So, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, reported some uh, disturbing information about what's happening with people across the country uh, uh, with uh, young athletes dying. At, at, and uh, there's an organization now that's tracking that. Embalmers saying there's fibrous uh, clots, rubbery clots that are being found in corpses uh, that, that have been uh, uh, been jabbed. So I, I just wanted to get you your update on what's going on with COVID right now as public policy. So uh, a number of things are, are are happening right now and on the horizon. You know, one of the things that's uh, uh, happening right now is that uh, we've got top health officials that are saying that the COVID vaccines are going to become an annual sort of thing like influenza vaccines. Yeah, where the uh, the the booster shots that are available right now protect against the original COVID strain and the most recent variants, uh, and uh, there because there will be additional variants in the future, just as there are with the influenza vaccine. They predict that uh, drug manufacturers are going to be coming up with these uh, vaccines to treat the, or to prevent those variants and making them available to people on an annual basis like the influenza vaccine. At the same time, federal health officials are uh, uh, are announcing or, or warning that they're not going to keep funding the uh, vaccines and diagnostic tests and therapeutics the same way that they have been. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, some of the money that they've already appropriated is going to run out and eventually one one expects the public health, the federal government will list the public health emergency. And uh, those events are going to spark some changes. And eventually, we're not sure exactly when this is going to happen, uh, but probably sooner rather than later, COVID vaccines and tests and therapeutics are going to become part of the health sector like uh, other tests and vaccines and therapeutics instead of being heavily subsidized by the federal government, the things you're going to have to pay for. Yeah. Drug companies are going to have to set prices for these things. Uh, insurance companies are going to have to negotiate discounts and uh, set uh, cost sharing, deductibles, co-payments, that sort of thing. And that is going to affect access to, uh, to these items. And because it affects access to these items, it's going to affect how rapidly uh, the new variant of COVID spread. Some think this is a good thing. Uh, some think this is a terrible thing. The government should keep subsidizing all of these items. I tend to think that the government, uh, that, it, that it is a good thing. 
uh, and that the drug manufacturers should have to make a pitch to people and, and actually sell people on the idea of paying the price for these items. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the federal government uh, can't uh, still play a role in uh, promoting these vaccines. I do think that is there are some legitimate public health uh, activities the government can engage in, and uh, the, there may still be some with regard to COVID. Yeah, so Michael, uh, right now I'm aware that the, this latest uh, booster, apparently they bought a supply for the entire United States population. Apparently the appetite for Americans right now to take the booster is very low. I just wonder about the, the momentum on this thing and whether, in fact, the people are just uh, tired of it and say, you know what, this is not a pandemic anymore. It's an endemic and uh, just like the flu, we can live with it. So yeah, I always sort of wince when people say we can live with it because not everyone can. When we when you say either we were living with the flu, we were tolerating lots and lots of flu deaths every year. Uh, perhaps many of them could have been preventable with uh, flu shots or uh, with people just being more careful, washing their hands, staying home when they're sick, that sort of thing. Getting enough sunlight, uh, taking some vitamins, uh, <laughs> taking some zinc, you know, doing just that good health, taking care of your body is a, is one of the main things that people could do. Right, and if it's only a question of personal choice, uh, then there's really no role for the government here. Mm-hmm. But if, to the extent that people are, or there's the potential for people to pass to each other a harmful or deadly pathogen like the SARS-CoV-2 virus and its variants, uh, then, then, you know, there can be a role for the government because that is a deadly assault. Uh, It's, if it were smallpox, everyone would recognize, okay, that is, that is a very deadly uh, assault that this person is committing if they're spreading that, uh, that virus around. And we have government because we want to reduce the amount of violence in society, we want to reduce how often people do serious harm to each other. Yeah. And so there, you know, the government introduces violence in society when it taxes us because it threatens to pull us, put us in jail if we don't pay our taxes. And so there's a delicate balancing act to do uh, to find out, uh, to figure out how can government minimize the amount of violence uh, that that we humans do to each other, and in, I think it, it can be the case that government funding things like uh, vaccines for uh, vaccines to prevent uh, transmission of seriously harmful and deadly pathogen uh, that can reduce the amount of violence that humans do to each other. But uh, that doesn't mean the government should fund everything you have to make uh, or, or all um, uh, vaccines or 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 all activities that might reduce those transmissions, you have to do a delicate balancing act to make sure you're 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 not making things worse at the margin. And so how about how about are, how about uh, how about a full disclosure and, and giving people the truth about everything that's going on, including uh, with hydroxychloroquine and with other therapeutics? And uh, in other words. <clears throat> Right now, I think the information we've gotten from the CDC and the FDA has been, uh, at the minimum, at a minimum, slanted or not incomplete. And uh, we, I think the major role of the government is to make sure that we're well informed and we can make good choices according to the uh, Nuremberg Protocol. And here, you and I are in total agreement. 
because the most important thing the government can do in uh, in a pandemic like this one is provide the people with uh, accurate, accurate, reliable information right. about the effects of their actions and how to protect themselves and others. And we did not get that from the federal government and from many state governments uh, throughout this pandemic. They said, uh, don't wear masks. Then they said, wear masks. They said, don't gather together. Then they said, large protests are, are okay. I'll uh, say there's, there's one exception to that. Gatherings are okay if they lined up with, uh, with the, the, the political priors of, uh, of some of those officials. And that really erodes trust in government and undermines any potential good that public government, public health activities might do. Absolutely, Michael. I would say there's one exception to what you just said, and that is Florida. We have an outstanding Surgeon General, uh, Lapato, and he's done a great job of, of giving us the facts as he sees them. So, hey, Michael, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. I encourage our listeners to go to your website, cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here, Bob. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Michael. All right, coming up with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show where we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. 
Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and not enough people in power do. No, that's true. Uh, lots of we got the best government that money can buy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, uh, hey, America by the pound. It's like a butcher shop in DC. <laughs> so, uh, you wrote a great column. Speaking of corruption, uh, the Better Business Bureau, just another corrupt pay to play cronyism outfit. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, we've heard of the BBB, the Better Business Bureau. We've seen it for 100 years. It's, it's a uh, organization that started out as it's one of these consumer watchdog groups. And as I said, you know, these groups that the old rule, I think it was from William F. Buckley, was if it doesn't start out being inherently conservative, it ends up being liberal. That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked at their website, and they're, they're, they're talking about you know the, an important aspect of business uh, integrity is diversity, equ- equity, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Well, as soon as I saw that, I said, uh, what you, I, bet if, I bet if they're woke, they're corrupt. And I found an article announced from 12 years ago, but at the time, they denied it was happening. And they, they pretended that multiple examples didn't – they were all errors. They were just errors. They weren't, they weren't fundamental institutional corruption. They were just errors. So that leads me to believe that nothing's changed since then. And you know how the media is. They won't follow up. They'll follow up on a Republican you know, until the crack of doom. Right, but if they ever swerve into actual journalism about a leftist group, they'll do it once and then in a drive-by, and then never look at it again. So, what happened? What, what they got caught in 2010 selling their ratings, and in 2007 they blurred the distinction between being a member and being accredited. By the Better Business Bureau. See, this is shocking what you came up with. I, I, I had not heard about this before. And, uh, you know, people rely on Better Business Bureau for ratings of a company. And it turns out that you buy the rating, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there were, in 2010, ABC News, Brian Ross, of all people, and, and another guy, they, they, they were approached by a couple of businesses that had, like, C-minus ratings. From the Better Business Bureau, and they called the Better Business Bureau. Like there was one disputed transaction or something, and and that got him a C minus. And one of the companies said, "I resolved that disputed transaction two years ago." So he called the business the Better. You know, it was completely resolved. The customer was happy, no problem. So he called the Better Business Bureau and said, "How do I get rid of my C minus?" They said, "You pay us four hundred ninety-five dollars to join the organization." <laughs> and. And it was it was multiple. And then on top of that, uh, a group that knew that, that thought the Better Business Bureau might be corrupt set up a fake company and signed up Hamas. And Hamas got an A plus rating as soon as the four hundred ninety five dollars. <laughs> That's a, ter- a terrorist organization. A terrorist <laughs> organization. Yes. Um, they also signed up uh, Stormfront, which was which is a right wing, or well, not even a right wing. It's just a, a, a racist website. On online Stormfront, everybody hates it now. Nobody, nobody knew what it was in 2010, and they paid their 4.95 and they got an A plus rating for the Better Business Bureau. Wow! And there were there were multiple examples of this. And one person called in, and yeah, like you said, they called in and said, "How do I get rid of this C minus? I resolved this problem two years ago." Oh, I just you know, they have to pay us 495 dollars, and and it happened over and over and over again with multiple companies. 
and multiple fake companies that no one should be giving an A plus to that the Better Business Bureau gave an A plus to is completely check cleared. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, and so and so I just you know so so then they issue like like they just issued a report uh, slamming payday lenders. And gee, they're evil and gee, they're awful. Well, if you know anything about payday lenders, you know, you've seen them in the less attractive parts of town in strip malls, right? right? These are not big banks. These are these are very small businessmen. These these are not and they're probably not joining the Better Business Bureau. Right. So they so because they're not paying the shakedown money, all of a sudden there's a, a report issued Probably because I couldn't. I, I, I tried to do more research on, on, who you know, like like Visa or Mastercard, like these big bank or the big banks, funding um, the Better Business Bureau because they would benefit from a report attacking payday lenders. Yeah, and and I couldn't find that in the in the research I did. I didn't research too long. It was taking me too long as it was. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it's a crony outfit. I'm going to bet money that, A, the payday lenders didn't pay the, you know, Better Business Bureau shakedown money, and B, someone else did and asked for a report denigrating payday lenders. This is so sad, Seton. I mean, the Better Business Bureau, you would hope that they would actually do research on the companies that they're, they're covering. People would be able to count on the information. The only thing you know, based on the report that you're giving us right now, is they paid their dues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, of course, you know, uh, Newt Gingrich called it going native in D.C. Uh, the, the, two, the Better Business Bureau has two national headquarters. One in McLean, Virginia. Now, you have to be from the area to know this. McLean, Virginia is a suburb of D.C., and it is the most expensive suburb, right. city, town, whatever you want to call it, in northern Virginia. It is a very, very tony, very expensive place to be. And that's where, they're, that's where their D.C. headquarters are located. And if you can't make it to their McLean, Virginia headquarters, they're on Madison Avenue in New York. There's <laughs> nothing that says small business. Yeah. Like Madison Avenue and <laughs> McLean, Virginia. <laughs> Unbelievable. Seat Motley, again, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. Not HistoryCentral.com. I apologize. Less Government. I apologize. <laughs> LessGovernment.org uh, is the website. LessGovernment.org. Seaton's got some great stuff on there. So take a look. Uh, LessGovernment.org. You can also find Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you much. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now Never here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, always a pleasure. Thank always you. Always a pleasure. And I say that sincerely. <laughs> As I do, Bill, it's always a pleasure to talk to you on Thursday morning. So uh, l- last week we talked a little bit about the, uh, I guess I call it a little dust up with the uh, sitting attorneys in the city of Naples. And the, I guess they wanted a little bit of a raise and that hasn't, yeah. wasn't resolved at the time. Where do we stand? Well, they, they had it on the agenda. That was a couple of weeks ago cause they, they had put it off. Uh, so um, they had it on the agenda for yesterday and uh, all of a sudden, yesterday morning, when it gets to that item, uh, the other attorney there said, oh, um, the the head of the uh, of the firm had to all of a sudden leave town that morning unexpectedly. And so off the agenda, it came and they didn't put another date in there for it. So it's like, you know, what are you doing? Um, it, it's just amazing to me how they just, you know, move things at their convenience and all of a sudden these things come up. But on, on, on a good news note, and, and of course, they're, they're figuring out ways to, to, to adjust it. You know, uh, you know, it is now legal to make smoke, uh, uh, to have smoking on the beach uh, absolved, no smoking on the beach which I've been working on, as you well know, for, well, for 15 years anyway. Right. Uh, and uh, I guess the legislature passed it, and um, counties um, and cities are doing it, and they discussed it um, yesterday for quite some time, and uh, they are drafting an ordinance. Um, but some of the questions they asked were, were like, uh, you just kind of shake your head, but you know, if you're going to have no smoking on the beach, you just have no smoking on the beach period. Mm-hmm. And the pier is included in that and parks and everything else. So, um, it's a big thing. And, um, so I'm a little confused, Bill. 
Um, uh, is uh, who who passed this? Uh, it sounds like the uh, city is is uh, creating a follow up ordinance. Right, the legislature uh, uh, passed that. Okay, and um, and uh, it's been it's been in the works for a long time. We keep getting shot down. I remember with with former attorney Bob Pritt and with Jim Fox and even attorneys before them that we would take a shot at it and we try and just get the the last time I tried it was just the pier. Um, uh, you know, we thought maybe we had a shot of squeezing it in there and the governor even sent down at the time, uh, sent down his legal staff to look into it. And, you know, of course, uh, they, they couldn't do it because of big tobacco, but it looks like they finally, uh, uh, the, 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 the cigarettes, um, have finally made their mark where people understand that it's not good for them. And, uh, and and it's so bad for the environment, uh, with the butts on the beach. And, um, so they, uh, they're, they're preparing an ordinance, which is great. I, I, whatever it is, we'll get it passed. I mean, no doubt about it. There's not, there's no opposition. Yeah. That's a good news. That's a good thing. Well, and you're you're the creator of this, so you have put a lot of energy into that. I remember talking well, talking about I, this I, ten years ago. Yeah, well, you know, I, I spearheaded it. I guess we could say that fairly without any uh, criticism. Not that it matters, but I can remember meeting with with uh, uh, school groups, and uh, one time they had a big poster campaign. You know, stop smoking on the on the beaches. They're hurting our uh, environment, and. You know, they don't just uh, disintegrate and go away and whatever. But um, finally, uh, in the year of uh, 2022, I think it's going to happen. And I think counties all over are going to be uh, enforcing this and putting up their own ordinances, which is really a good thing. Hmm. Well, that's great. So, uh, Bill, back to the attorney situation. Uh, in your opinion, as they're asking for more money, the current uh, attorneys, and uh, right. this is a deal breaker for if apparently the city is not willing to come up with more money. Uh, in your opinion, do you think they're worth it? Well, I'll tell you, they, they have some alternative things that I kind of heard about. Uh, but because it didn't appear on the agenda yesterday, they didn't discuss it. But one of them was that they wanted to work from Zoom and not have all the staff there. Uh, now that's just a rumor. I, I I heard that, and I'm sure that was one of them. But of course, again, they didn't discuss it, so I, we can't say yay or nay. But mm -hmm. uh, they were asking for for $175,000 more, which was absurd. And um, then they had told a couple of the council people they were resigning. Period. You know, a matter of fact, I had had attorney and said, I'm packing up my stuff uh, that I keep here and I'm heading out of Naples and whatever. And all of a sudden, they never had a chance to uh, to discuss that. Hmm. It was supposed to be, as I say, yesterday and uh, now it's gone. And uh, who knows you know, when they will discuss it. As it is, they're working on their contract that they have going for them right now. They, sure, they could probably be worth a little more money, but not what they're looking for. And I personally think Bob that they're they have too much on their plate and that they can't handle it and some people said that from the beginning I mean it's a small firm and uh city was a big deal but the mayor she had to have them so <clears throat> that's the way it worked out hmm. so interesting so a $175,000 raise on on top of what's the baseline like uh 300 400 well, their baseline was like 425 or something like that but 
<clears throat> they the council even gave them more money even when they started and and that was worth it i mean they came in i think they lowballed is what they did and now i think it's coming back to haunt them that's just my opinion uh for what it's worth but yeah. we'll see how that plays out um but uh they they and and as usual they couldn't finish uh they couldn't finish what they had in front of them uh and so they had to postpone things for future meetings which are now i think in another week or so they're going to have some special meetings it's it's um it's never ending bob it's never ending <laughs> the saga but, of the saga of um, city council yeah. meetings in naples always yeah, interesting yeah true true but uh today's a special day you know why i have no idea yeah because my bills play tonight well, you know what? Uh, I was just thinking to myself, I still owe Bill Barnett a dollar because because <laughs> right. you beat the you beat the Patriots last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this is opening of the NFL tonight. Buffalo's uh, out at the uh, Super Bowl champion uh, L.A. Rams. Wow. Uh, and uh, at eight twenty tonight, so we're uh, everybody up here in Buffalo is uh, is in a frenzy uh they're all excited and uh looking forward to it so well, they're gonna have a great team and i'll tell you what i think their quarterback is one of the best i've seen he's really tough and really uh really courageous i just uh, really admire him i think the buffalo bills yeah, are... it's a nice it's a nice young man uh, josh allen and he has done a lot for this community as they have for him but he's he's got a uh he's got a i know we're we're time is up but he can't they just came out with a limited edition box of josh josh's jags um or jacks excuse me and it's a cereal and uh all the money that comes from that goes to the uh, children's oshai hospital uh in buffalo which is great and they're they're selling them off the shelves like hotcakes so yeah it's a it's a good community effort fantastic bill barnett again former mayor of naples how we miss him <laughs> bill i just thanks bob you bet i genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show thank you so much for joining thanks, us thanks bob go bills all right bye, go bills indeed all right well that's a wrap here in today's show i hope you enjoyed it we've got some great guests lined up for tomorrow william yateman is a research fellow at the cato institute he'll be joining us uh, larry bell of course endowed professor at the university of houston of space architecture and author of many books he'll be joining us as well as dr zudi jasser he is an author of the uh, Battle for the Soul of Islam. He's also the head of the uh, Islamic Forum for Democracy and uh, just uh, really speaking out against uh, Islamic Jihad. I want to get an update from him and find out what his thought, thoughts might be around open borders here in the United States and what's going on. And Esther Lully is the executive director of the uh, uh, senior, Kyer Senior Center of uh, Gold Gate. She'll, uh, she'll be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, uh, tell your friends. We'd appreciate that as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.